When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We got a beautiful show. We got some beautiful hosts. We got a beautiful game. We got taste. We got some beautiful chats. We got some beautiful stats. And we won't stop talking. We won't give it a rest. And as a matter of fact, it's time to get it off our chests. Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of County Cricket Natters. What a bank holiday we've had, and the sun is out. Finally, it feels like summer has properly arrived. It was a little bit nippy for the first round, but round two was much warmer. I'm Sam Dalling, and the gang is back together first, and always foremost is the first lady of county cricket. Annie Chave. Annie, are you okay? Uh, I like that. Um, yes, thank you, Sam. I'm fine, but I'm not. It's not been warm where I've been. I can tell you, it's been bloody freezing. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And okay. back from a West Country trip of his own, he claims to be a Londoner, but he loves it down in the southwest. Dan Whiting, how are you, Dan? Oh, I'm all right, Sam. I'm uh, been been in the Costa del Bristol, so. Uh, you know, I've been in the sun and I've been warm, Annie. So I don't know where you've been in the West Country, but been lovely. Yeah, very nice. Fantastic to have you with us this week. And also fantastic to have our very special guest. Forgive us in advance if, Dan, I'm sure you'll go into some kind of trance or some stories about hours spent in service stations during the 90s, because the man we have is known as Little Chef, fresh from bowling figures. Guess, get this. 32 overs, 15 maidens, 5 for 49. Sam Cook, how are you? Good, yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, happy to be on and, um, yeah, looking forward to the show. Oh, well, it's lovely to have you here. There's plenty going on in the world of cricket. Joe Root stepped down, so the England vacuum got even bigger. Rob Key became MD yesterday, so there's a little bit of structure going there, but we're here to focus on domestic matters. And where else can we start but... Somerset versus Essex. The barest of margins, as someone <laughs> once said. A one-wicket victory for Essex, a scrambled leg bye, which Adam Rossington called through Mark Steckerty, county cricket, boring aid. Now, Sam, it was tense enough up in the commentary box. How was it on the pavilion on the morning of day three? <laughs> it was The thing is, I'm comparing it to the last game of 2019, which oh, is probably God. as pressurised a dressing room as I've ever seen. So compared to that, it was actually pretty tame, to be fair. I think we've been in sort of situations like that 
from our own doing um, quite a few times over the last few years. So I feel like we're getting used to it. Um, but to be fair, that everyone was was really calm and and I think that sort of showed out in the middle, especially the way Rosso played and Wheats and all the guys chipping in sort of down the order. Um, it, it didn't really sort of seem to to phase the guys. It's it's um, it was surprising, even though I personally was feeling a little little tense when um, when Snates hit that one that one straight up. It the pressure did ramp up a little bit. Um, but to be fair, no, it wasn't actually too bad in there. Oh, there you go, a relaxed dressing room. And was there? It was noticeable. There was a bit of a shift when you were six down, and then Adam Rossington, who well, he might never make a more important unbeaten twenty nine. He started to pick up the pace a little bit. Shane Snater obviously went out there just to try and. For much of the game, it looked like the batters had been just waiting for the ball that got, was going to get them out, and there was a bit more positive intent in that last five ten overs. Yeah, I, I think it's obviously in in a run chase like that, or, or on a wicket that's obviously doing a bit. Um, it's a it's a tough dilemma as a batter. Do you um, do you sit in and, and try and sort of grind through the nipping ball potentially with a ball with your name on it, or do you go out and try and um, get a quick some quick runs on the board and, and change some momentum? So it, it obviously depends on the player, I think, and, and your individual style. And obviously, like Brosso, Wheats, um, Snakes, they're they're aggressive batters by nature. So. I think that boils down to trying to play your own game, and and I think they did that exceptionally well under under high pressure. And and like you saw from Somerset's point of view as well, Steve Davis, the way he played, um, Louis Gregory as well, he came out and played played more aggressively and and got some rewards. And, and it's obviously good when it comes off, but it, it's it's a lot of lot more skill in that um, style of batting because obviously if you walk out and you play a big booming drive first ball of the day like myself and you look like a bit of an idiot so <laughs> it's trying to um, it's trying to balance obviously um, when to attack and when to defend and, and that's what makes sort of those tight, tight scoring games so exciting I think Can I just say I'm absolutely chuffed for Adam Rossington because He's the only Barnet fan that I know in county cricket. There's not many of us. I mean, Barnet's so bad that the PA announcer announces changes to the crowd. But, um, uh, I mean, I, I don't know what went on at Northampton, and both sides have been very good, but there was an obvious disconnect in that dressing room, wasn't there? And he's he's got a chance to, uh, for want of a pun on an Easter weekend, resurrect his career at Essex. And, um, you know, he's been absolutely fantastic. But Somerset, is there is it a bit of a worry now? That's six red ball games of cricket on the bounce they've lost now, if you include the end of last season. And I looked at the Facebook page the other night, and it's 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 a bloodbath. Um, I wouldn't be be too worried. I, I think it's one of those that sport teams throughout it. I mean, we we've we've had it a lot, especially in the shorter forms over the last few years. We feel like we've got a great team on paper, but when you sort of get in a bit of a run of, of poor results, it's it's tough to, to break out of that. It needs a game probably like this week if it suddenly swings in your favour um, and everything and everything changes. And I also think people probably quite quick to forget how incredibly strong Somerset have been over the last few years. Yeah. Um, and I know this is obviously a short period, but like you said, there's, there's maybe not been some great results in the last few games, but they're still an incredibly strong side and, and on paper a, a team that, we certainly look against as, as probably a, a, a biggest rivals to us. Yeah. So they're they're a team I probably I wouldn't um, I wouldn't doubt them for for a second. I'm sure they'll come strong. And yeah, it's a confidence game as well, isn't it? And a mind game, and they're in a they're in a low mind at the moment. That's for sure. 
Annie, before we move on from that one, a quick word for a man who was down on his knees at the end of the game. Yeah. 13 for 87 in the match, Craig Overton. T- two fifers, uh, career best bowling figures, career best match figures, and still on the losing side. He gave it everything, didn't he? Oh, I know. I mean, that there's a, the photo of him on his knees with, with someone patting him. And um, he just... It's so so heartbreaking because I, I I did something on uh, Twitter the on the uh, Thursday night and I said you know Khan we've got Cook and um, Cook batting and we've got uh, Craig Overton bowling brilliant you know and then somebody said something like something derogatory about Craig Overton's bowling and Craig answered back and said thanks for your input and then he came out and <laughs> uh, Friday uh, and he looked like he was really really reacting and going right I'm gonna show him and he really really did I mean it was it was great to see um see that bowling definitely it was but ultimately in vain Essex claiming that narrow victory right let's go up the M5 next a short hop Gloucestershire versus Yorkshire and given you were there all four days, Dan, and saw every single ball, unless you fell asleep at some point. Uh, you've been known to do that at work before. You let, you tell us all about that one. Yeah, it was, a, it was an absolute cracker. Uh, I was commentating, making my debut for Gloucestershire, and uh, on the on their stream, that was just going right through my mind the whole way through. But I tell you what, he is absolutely rapid. But there's another Harris, Marcus Harris, with one three six, who was absolutely superb for Gloucestershire. And then Harry Brook. There's been talk about him being pigeonholed as a white ball player. Trust me, his red ball skills are up there. He is absolutely, you know, spot on. Um, and then we saw James Bracey, which I'll, I'll let Sam come on to. But just to let you know, he was hit on the head twice during that one seven seven. Harris Ralph both times on the Saturday night. He got hit there. He had a massive egg on his head doing the uh, the press presser at the end of the day. And then he got a new helmet, which lasted in total for about an hour and a half before Harris Ralph, Ralph hit him again the next day. And uh, his, his 177 was, um, you know, absolute stunning. Um, but it wasn't enough. And Yorkshire came through. The experience of David Milan saw them home. Yeah, as Dan said, Sam, James Bracey, I mean, there's no one in county cricket, uh, I think, couldn't feel anything but desire for James Bracey to, to to perform well and get back in that England side. Three hundreds in three games now, if you include that uh, Lions game against Australia earlier in the winter. You've known him a while, haven't you? You played up at Loughborough with him. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're very close, me and Bracey. Um, <clears throat> yeah, we were at Loughborough together the whole way through and, and obviously a couple of times on the Lions and yeah, we're we're very good mate, mates, so absolutely chuff for him, and no doubt at all his quality as a player. He's proven himself week in week out over the last few years, and and the mental toughness. Obviously, he was probably disappointed with the way that obviously fantastic to get selected for England, but he'd be the first to admit that it probably didn't go as well as he'd have liked. But the way he's come back since that is just a testament to his character. And I know him as a bloke, and he's a fantastic guy, and really really mentally strong um so to see him come back the way um he has done it was i was never in any doubt myself but it's great to see him prove just how quality a player he is to to all the people that sort of doubted him and and were fairly outspoken on social media throughout that that period he was in the test team so i think it's um 
it's brilliant to see and, and everyone's tough for him. Can I also just add kudos to the uh, uh, 12 guys who came from Froster Cricket Club on the Saturday for a stag do, including two umpires and a duck. <laughs> I want to just uh, I want to ask you how how Yorkshire seemed Dan um, you know after after everything they've been through did you chat to anyone from Yorkshire at the end or yeah I spoke to Darren Goff actually who's the uh, interim managing director of cricket and uh, we're speaking about Harris Ralph and I said he's rapid I said I'm glad I'm up there and not facing him and he said, that's why I signed him. So, uh, um, but a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, when we did the preview of, of County Cricket Matters, we had Dan Norcross on and he spoke about James Bracey and he said he's got the best defensive technique in the country. And I thought, hmm, OK, fair enough. Now, having seen him twice in two weeks at Northampton and here, I agree with him. But also uh, with Yorkshire, we spoke about Yorkshire, if, you know, if they can have mid-table obscurity, I think their fans would take that this year. I think they're going to be up there because, you know, they've got that side. They've got a lovely mix of experience and youth. You know, they've got people like James Walton come in. George Hill looks a decent player. Harry Brook, Harry Duke. And then, you know, they've got the guys to come back in. They've got Tom Kohler cadmore They've got Karuna uh, uh, Ratney. He's going to come in, I believe, as well. So, you know, they've got a few to come out. Ben Code wasn't playing and he always picks up wickets. He's, he's always there or thereabouts. I think he's picked up nearly... 248 games of red ball cricket. I mean, those are those are decent apples. So they seem quite a together side then. Very much so. And, uh, you know, good coaching team. Otis Gibson, Kabir Ali and Alistair Maiden there as well, who uh, was part of that side when England won the Women's World Cup in 2017 on home soil. And he was assistant to Mark Robinson. He's a good coach. And have they got Duane and Olivier to come back? Do we know he was in the South Africa side? Is he? There was something about whether he might not be on his way back. Anything on that? No, I don't think he is. Um, I don't think he's coming back. I think they're. I'm not sure if it's visa problems or or whatever, but he hasn't been the, you know, a massive success. But um, I expect Yorkshire to be on your coattails, Sam Cook. I think they'll be uh, there or thereabouts. Um, <laughs> you know, and I think uh, I think Lancashire will be up there. And I think Hampshire will be up there as well. So it's a. Uh, Wide open race. Speaking of coming back, Sam, it's difficult to go through a county cricket NASA without mentioning this man. Simon Harmer, on Monday, he was bowling in a test match in Port Elizabeth. By Thursday, he was at Taunton playing county cricket. I mean, does that just go to show how close that Essex dressing room is, the fact that he was just so quick, desperate to come back? Yeah, I think it's um, it's testament to, to him and obviously his love for Essex and obviously we've incredibly grateful to have him and he's been phenomenal for us and he's one of our, our best mates and just a brilliant guy to have around. And I think like you say, it's testament to the, the culture and the dressing room we've got, um, but also Harmy's desire to come back and play for us. I think the fact that he's flown overnight, come in, trained and straight in, he literally straight into Heathrow in the car on the way down to Taunton and, and hitting in the nets few hours after he's landed, I think it's testament to him and, and the way he performed as well on a pitch that didn't really turn at all um, to pick up three wickets as well, I think just shows, I think, like you say, he, he's, his numbers and his record speaks for himself. I think. Can I I just to... imagine if it had been a turner? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> 
Somerset wouldn't dare prepare one of those, Annie. They wouldn't dare. But you know what? With, with Simon Harmer, I just want to sort of go back because we see overseas flit in and flit out of counties. And if you look at probably the two best overseas signings in recent years, Simon Harmer and Jeeton Patel of Warwickshire, and they've both had, you know, an, a multiple seasons with their county. And I think that tells a story. Let's move on then. Let's go to Canterbury, Kent versus Lancashire. Now, we talked about Craig Overton being a, a man who's performed so well and lost. Poor old Ben Compton. He Over the last 11 days, he's made 345 runs, faced 918 balls and batted for 20 and a half hours. He made 104 in the first innings. He was last carried his bat, last man out for 115 in the second. So he was out there for every single minute of that game. But... Lancashire, they made 506, Kent just 260 and 279, so they knocked him off for no wickets. I mean, his, you look at, he went over and played in Zimbabwe, and his recent run of first class of scores are 56, 45, 110, 79, 41 not out, 42, 109 not out, 102, 13 naught, 33 not out, 129, 104, 115. I mean, that is a man in form. And Sam Cook, I mean, you had the luxury of bowling at him last week at Chelmsford. What do you do as a bowler uh, when someone's in that good a touch and when the pitch isn't really offering you much? Um, <laughs> close your eyes and hope. Um, <laughs> no, he was. No, he played beautifully at Chelmsford. I think he um, on the on the obviously a flat wicket. He he did the job exactly what they needed. He he got in. He faced balls and he took our our bowlers into our second, third, and fourth spells, which. At the end of the day, is what an opening batter's um, got to do. And I, again, obviously, his numbers this week speak for himself. He's, he's played brilliantly and he's he's doing his job at the top of the order um, and really well. Is he? Well, does he have a look of Nick about him? Um, I never got to bowl to Nick, but obviously, despite the obvious, obviously him being a left-hander, me being a right-hander, yeah. um, it was. I think it's tough to compare to compare the two for me, but. Um, Obviously, it, it runs in the family. Um, mm. The strong batting genes, I think. Yeah, they wouldn't have a bad family side that lot. And Annie, you've got a soft spot for Lancashire, don't you? You tipped them last year. Ten-wicket win to get them up and running. They didn't play last week. Uh, Stephen Croft made 155. Dane Vias, 124. Phil Salt, 97, not out on debut. Enjoy seeing a Lancashire win? <laughs> yes, I mean, absolutely. I, I'm... You know, I'm I'm quite a, fa- a fan of Lancashire, but I I didn't tip them for this year, right? And I I don't think I think they're going to just stay mid table, really. But um, yeah, I mean they've certainly got some batting there, haven't they? Um, a good strong. Serve. They've got a bit of bowling. Well, yeah, bit of bowling too. Matt Parkinson, seventy-eight overs, seventeen maidens, seven for one hundred and fifty-eight. Parky for England, Dan, or is it just highlights reels on Twitter that gets everyone going? Well, it's interesting because he was having a moan, wasn't he? Or not a moan, but he, he actually came out in the press last week and said, you know, the scheduling of county cricket means spinners. You know, this is why we're not producing enough spinners, etc. And uh, it was quite interesting. And then he, he, you know, he has to reel through about 70 odd overs. But Kent made them battle because I had one eye on that game sort of thing. Because obviously I'm, I'm concentrating on the Gloucestershire-Yorkshire game. And I thought, oh, it's going to be all over. And then suddenly, two hours later, Kent is still batting eight or nine down. And they, they did make them battle. But I think there's a few pitches around the country where the groundsman possibly didn't get the memo about April pitches. And there's the um, Afghanistan um, bowler, isn't there? Um, Kadri. Kadri. Got six for 129. Yeah. 
It's not a bad spell, is that? Of thirty-seven no. overs and and not got seventy-seven run. runs. So I think he should. We should mention him. <laughs> we should, and we have. <laughs> so all right, let's move to Surrey. Innings and one hundred and seventeen runs. Their victory. Hundred for Ollie Pope. Runs for Amler. Ryan Patel continued his good form. Will Jacks. What a player to have in at seven. He made. 72, gave Surrey a grand total of 467. That's not bad going against the likes of Barker, Abbas, Abbott, Holland, Fuller and Liam Dawson. Hampshire, well, the other Overton was in good form too. He ripped through them, 5 for 54 in the first innings. The ball that bowled Dawson was an absolute beaut, plus 3 for 53 in the second. Career best match figures for him. Jordan Clark took 6 in the game. Joe Weatherly made 87. Vince, 57. Ben Brown had a decent game with the bat too. The one slight block was seeing Kemar Roach having to limp off after just 6.2 overs. But Dan, you call yourself a middle six fan, but you love Surrey, really. What a win for them. It's a win. I don't like talking about them. You know that. I don't like talking about that lot from south of the river. But uh, no, they're going well. And they've, they've got their sort of England lads back, haven't they? Rory Burns back, Ollie Pope's back. And uh, I think there'll be a handful. But I think what it really will come down to is whether they can bowl sides out twice at the Oval. Because I think it's, you know, as we've seen last year, it can be a feather bed. We've seen a number of games where 700 play 600. And I wonder if that will come back to haunt them. But Kemar Roach is uh, their talisman. And, uh, I, you know, they've got Gloucestershire in a couple of weeks in Bristol. And it'll be interesting to see whether he's fit. Do we know what that. it was? hamstring we think he was helped off by two of his teammates it doesn't look good um so it's a bad tear it doesn't look great i mean knowing sorry there'll probably be another bowler with a couple of hundred test wickets flown in for a game or two exactly you know as a county that uh pre-covid they turned over or made profit of 26 million through their off-field activities so uh they they probably got a few quid they probably got a few quid to sign someone Nanny, did you see all the videos and the footage of the crowd there? Loads of people out there. And then at lunchtime, there were big games of cricket going on out on the pitch. I mean, that's wonderful to see. That's what county cricket's all about, isn't it? Yeah, and then then, then people saying, oh, but it's only a third full. And you're thinking, well, I'm I'm sorry, it's a massive pitch. And, uh, you know, we're early April or whatever. So I think it looked amazing. It looked buzzing. and, And everyone said the atmosphere was great. So I'm really, really chuffed. Yeah, and Sam, what do you make of Hampshire? Within a wicket of the title last year, they've got that amazing attack. They signed Nick Gubbins, um, second half of last season. Ben Brown's gone there, so their title. I mean, there's so many title challenges in Division One, isn't there? Yeah, I think obviously you covered going through the games. I think you look at every team, and probably throughout the COVID period, obviously we probably played more sort of Division One, Division Two um, intertwined. Um, and the way teams have signed sort of since post-COVID, there's there's no weak teams anymore. I think everyone's incredibly strong and, and it's division genuinely where anyone can beat anyone. If you if you get on a run, um, it can be very hard to, top, to stop a team. But obviously Hampshire, I think you look, like you said, the way they performed last year, they've got all bases covered. They've got experience um, throughout their batting and bowling departments. And I think, like you say, that bowling attack especially um, – so much international experience there um, is, is is obviously going to be tough to play against, and, and like you say, I'm sure they will be up there, up there contending at, at the end of the year. Yeah, and talking about 
international experience. I mean, you had a fine season yourself last year, ended up going on that Lions tour to Australia. How good, I mean, you've been involved with the Lions before, but how pleasing was it to get that reward eventually? And how was that tour for you? Yeah, it was, it was obviously a fantastic feeling um, to be called up. And then and then the experience, I mean, it was one of those sort of pinch yourself moments in <laughs> being in and around the lead up to an Ashes tour. You couldn't sort of quite believe it. Um, but then sort of from a more professional point of view, the amount of experience and um, insight I gained from, from being involved in that was, was phenomenal for me to see how um, the likes of Jimmy, Brody, um, Ollie Rob, all those guys went about preparing for, for a test series was just something that you wouldn't ever get to experience. So it was fantastic. I took so much from that trip. See, it was a bit disappointing with the weather and I was missing out on probably uh, a bit of cricket, but I took so much away from the trip and it, it's only sort of spurred me on um, to want to, to break into that setup um, even more. Sam, I want to ask you about your nickname of the Little Chef because uh, amongst the boys at our cricket club, it's known as the little thief, having charged one of them eleven ninety five for an all day breakfast. But uh, I mean, you're well known. I mean, uh, Alistair Cook's known, or Sir Alistair Cook is known as the chef, and you're the little chef. What's the best nickname in the dress, Essex dressing room? Oh, that's a good. That's a good question. That actually, um, <laughs> one that you can say on air. Yeah, it's pretty. There's some. There's some pretty basic ones. Mags, the head coach, has actually got a few few good ones mrs doubtfire we call him or um <laughs> colin montgomery uh, so he's got he's got he's got a few good ones to be fair but um yeah on the nickname front it's 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 pretty t- i think that was sort of adopted by the fans more than more than the players i don't really get called that by by the lads it's just cookie or whatever but yeah i think mags has probably got the best ones mm. Brilliant. Brilliant. Let's move on into, and this is not my words, this is a word of a BBC commentator who shall remain nameless, the wilderness of Division 2 and Nottinghamshire, heavy favourites. They took on Glamorgan at Trent Bridge and what a win for Glamorgan. 100 for Ben Duckett in the first innings. A couple of wickets for Marnus Labashain as well, bowling seam up. I'm sure uh, he will have plenty to say about that in the dressing room. Sam Northeast top scored. In response of 85 against the club he played a couple of games for last year, but they were still in trouble, 248 for eight. And at that point, Knotts would have been hoping for a first innings lead. Timmy van der Hooten had other ideas. Him and William Weagle put on 106 for the ninth wicket. And then van der Hooten and Hulk Hogan added another 25 for the 10th. Knotts batting again. Ben Duckett, he made 95 before van der Gooten got him. Four for 60 for him. All out for 242 that set Glamorgan 166 to win, which they knocked off three down. 50 for Labashain, 47 for Carlson. Dan, what a victory for Glamorgan that is. Yeah, superb win. I'm absolutely chuffed because we uh, did a little bit of commentary with Paul van Mikaren, and uh, he was going through the pronunciation of Timmy van der Hochten, and I've said that without uh, covering the microphone in phlegm there. But uh, no, it's brilliant. But Glamorgan have got a decent side. I mean, if you look at North East, Marnus, Kieran Carlson's a good player. And Matt Maynard is building something serious over the other side of the Seven Bridge. Yeah, that's hours spent talking to Paul Van Meekeren, who taught me the pronunciation of Van der Hooten. Sam, I mean, Knotts, they're a serious outfit. They're heavy favourites and for a reason, but that'll rock them a little bit. 
Yeah, I think, um, yeah, on paper, like you say, they are an incredibly strong side with, with great resources um, and obviously good history as well. So, But I think it, it, it highlights the fact in, in county cricket, if, if you have a, an off day or even an off session, um, teams will capitalise on it. And I think that's what Glamorgan have done brilliantly there. They've they've got on top of the game and, and they've won the, the key sessions within the game, even even though obviously not started well and, and probably got on top of them, it shows that you've, you've really got to hang in and win those key sessions at those quick key times. Um, so it doesn't matter sort of if you start a game well, it's it's more important how you finish it. So I think it's fantastic to see um, them obviously with a bit of an upset there. You'd say obviously not on paper would, would always be the strongest, um, the strong favourites there. But And it just shows why county cricket is so exciting that genuinely anyone can beat anyone. A little bit of you quite pleased when they didn't restructure and not didn't keep their place in Division One. I mean, they they actually took it pretty well. They could have kicked off a fuss about it given the last couple of years, but I suspect many Division One sides would have been like, "Oh well, had they been up there, they might have been title challengers themselves." Yeah, I think it's one of those. I think it kind of if they're in there, it's it's going to be competitive, and I think if it's almost similar to sort of Premier League football. If you're the best team, you will end up in Division 1 eventually and you will end up up the top. And it's in a 14-game season, you can't fluke uh, a title challenge. So obviously it's unfortunate for them um, with the, the, the COVID stuff and I'm sure they would feel hard done by and, and we would have done in their position as well. And I think obviously we experienced some some problems with coming out on the wrong side of COVID results last year and it's it's frustrating when it's out of your control so I'm sure that will have, have annoyed the guys there but it's one of those I'm, I'm sure they'll come through strong and and ultimately the the best teams will will prevail over the next few few years but I think possibly this year that we're still just coming out of that sort of Covid um, blip in, in county cricket and I think over the next two three years we'll start to see sort of a bit more normality um, I guess you could call it. Well, I think Division Two has been the games have been stronger, and and the teams in Division Two are much stronger than initially predicted. And uh, I think it is going to be quite a fight in Division Two, which is, you know, sad for knots, but really, really good for Division Two. I think it's a. I've found myself watching the games in Division Two um, more than I ever have done um, in the past. So. I think there are some absolutely world class overseas here as well. Definitely. I mean, you know, what I saw from Marcus Harris and Harris Brown, and it's the Pakistanis, we've spoken about them before, and, you know, uh, Rizwan Shah Massoud, those guys, and uh, and the Middlesex, the Eagle has landed this week. Shaheen Shah Afridi. Yeah, I saw that. Let's see what happens there. I love how you managed to shoehorn that in. Middlesex, not falling, <laughs> but I knew exactly where you were going. But what you have done is linked me perfectly to our next game. We're going to go to Derby. Smooth. Oh, so smooth. Smoother than my microphone, anyway. Where Derbyshire took on Sussex. 5.05 for 8, Derbyshire made. So I I confessed. Annie and I were in the press box at Taunton for a day this week. And I had to make a confession to her. Because on last week's show, I said, if you haven't got Sean Massoud in your fantasy team, get him in. And make him captain because it is madness not to. He is going to score thousands. Check my fantasy team about 12 o'clock on Thursday. So too late to make changes. Sean Massoud wasn't in it. So 
Uh, and he was in mine. He was indeed. I should practice what I preach. But yeah, first career double hundred for him. He made two three nine. Wayne Madsen, thirty eight years young, added a yeah. 33, 33rd career hundred. I hadn't realised until a couple of weeks ago he played hockey for South Africa at a World Cup, and there's about nine people. Nine of his family have played hockey for South Africa, so quite a sporting family. Um, oh. Highest individual score by a Pakistan player in the county championship. Previous best was 230 not out by Zaha Abbas for Gloucestershire back in 1976. Now, Derbyshire would have felt they were going to go push for a victory. They bowled Sussex out for 174. Sam Connors took three wickets. He was impressive at Lords last week. And there were three for 43 on debut for Nick Potts, who came in for Ryan Sidebottom. Not that one, whose debut lasted <laughs> just seven days not an easy game to be a bowler, though, as it turned down. 513 for three, Sussex were, when hands were shaken. Tom Haynes had made 243. Chetishwa Pajara, 201 not out on his Sussex debut. Believe it or not, for a player of his calibre, that was his first 100 in 52 innings. He now goes past Kumar Sangrakara as the Asian player with the most double hundreds. 14. 14 first-class double hundreds. Oh, it's a sterling job by it Sussex. I mean, I was delighted to watch. Really... Every time I looked, they're still in. They're still in. Amazing, wasn't it? <laughs> Only the third county championship match ever with three double hundreds. The last was in 98. Steve James, Mal Loy and David Ripley in that game. Annie, I'll start with you. you have, you've got a soft spot for Sussex. Tom Haynes making runs again. You must be happy. Yeah, I, I I did um text a few people from Sussex and they're all going, Oh, Tom has got to play for England this year. He's got to play for England. He's he's uh, just looking amazing and uh, well, he's such he's, he's a massive strength for that side, isn't he? Um and uh what can I say? Pajara didn't even you know, not even a sign of Rizwan, really. <laughs> would you would you pick him Annie then, even though would you not give him another year or two? Is that not the mistake we've made in recent years? Yeah, yeah, it is the mistake we've made. Um, would I? Ugh, it's that ever <laughs> that question that everyone asks all the time, isn't it? Who who could go in the England side, and is it too soon? And are they? Are we going to ruin them if we send them in? I I don't know. I I think uh, he's definitely in with a shout, and he should be being considered. Time will tell. And Sam, I alluded to a bit earlier, you had one last week. As a bowler, that must be an absolute nightmare. Although there was something in it, clearly, if Sussex were all out for 174 first up. Yeah, I think it's um, it's it's part and parcel of the game. I think the the problem we have in, in sometimes in county cricket, if you do get on a flat one, is, is the lack of pace. Um, you don't mind a wicket with uh, a lack of lateral movement. That, that's fine. But as long as a pitch has got some carry in it, you're always interested as a bowler because then if you can get it to do something, you feel like the Knicks will carry or you'll, or you'll trouble the batter. I think it's when, like we saw at Chelmsford last week, unfortunately, it was it was um, there wasn't much lateral movement, but there was just no pace in it, which meant as a seam bowler, it was very, very tough um, to create any chances um, and to, to almost try and be uh, attacking. I think you can you can obviously sit, obviously sit in and and set straight fields and, and try and reduce the, the run rate. But it's very tough to make a breakthrough. Um, and you've, you've almost just got to play a patience game. And like we saw with Ben Compton last week, he was prepared to sit in and, and not give his wicket away. And obviously that's what um, Pajara and, and Tom Haynes have done 
there by the looks of it down at Sussex have, mm. have got in and showed they've not given the bowlers a sniff which is, is testament to, to the way they've played um, but yeah as a bowler it, it, is, it is then extremely tough to, to try and create chances um, without without leaking runs so I think it's uh, it's good that the batters when they are they do get a chance they are they are taking it and they're, and they're getting those big those big runs yeah, going back to your point there, um, speaking to Darren Goff at Bristol, he, he said it was a very good pitch. It was a p- pitch full of carry, and Harry Duke was regularly taking Fisher and Pajara above his head there. And uh, it's, a, it's an accusation not always thrown at the Bristol pitch, which can sort of go slower and lower as the game goes on. But uh, uh, it's interesting to see your point there about pitches and how they're, they're so crucial to the outcome of a game. Nicky Arthur said afterwards it was a test quality pitch and that's what you want to see in county cricket, Sam. Yeah, definitely. I think we we want to be playing... County cricket obviously wants to be as, as close a replication as, of test cricket as, as it can be and we all players, we want to play on the best possible wickets and, and challenge our skills um, at, at the highest level. Um, and like you said, obviously the pitch does have a massive um, a massive sway on, on the outcome of the game. I think... I would say that probably I think groundsmen have probably been given a tough rap over the last few years um, for pitches in the county game, but I think the the pressure of the schedule and the relentlessness of the schedule, it's simply impossible for groundsmen to produce test quality wickets every week. If you're playing game after game after game without any time to be spent prepping wickets down the line, it's it's impossible I think to produce test quality wickets and. I think that's why we've seen in the last couple of weeks and over the last mm. few years, I know I saw Stuart Broad tweeted a stat of the average scores throughout the season of the last few years, and it's been pretty similar throughout. But I think we tend to see big, big runs in the first couple of weeks because the groundsmen have been able to spend a good amount of time in the lead up to those games, spending that's time on the roller. Yeah. So I think that's something from our point of view, we've always looked at the first game of the year, the champs of the last few years has been the highest scoring wickets we've played on. Um, so I think it's it's good and well trying to move. Um, if we're saying we need to play more cricket in the middle of the summer, that's all well and good saying. But if there's the same volume of cricket, I think it's going to be tough to to improve the the quality of those wickets um, significantly. Anyway, yeah, you had the Jake Libby game, didn't you? First up at Chelmsford last year, and it was <laughs> the, it was the same at Lords. Though people were saying you know, the two highest scoring games. But Lords Somerset, Middlesex versus Somerset was the highest scoring game at Lords last season until the Bob Willis Trophy final, where being a Sky game, the pitch had been prepared for a long time, and then they started with a high scoring game against Derbyshire. So these people have to have time to compare the grounds and prepare the grounds. And before we move on, Dan, you've already mentioned it, but as overseas signings go, Masood and Pajara. If you had to pick one, who would you have? Go on, I'll put you on the spot. Well, I mean, I'd have gone for Pajara, but Sean Massoud, I mean, look at the numbers. Runs of the currency, and Sean Massoud is cash-rich. So, uh, yeah, I mean... He's my it, new favourite player. Yeah, <laughs> Mickey Arthur is a fantastic coach, though. He's a world-class coach, and you can see he's got his recruitment policy. But I'm also chuffed for Sussex, because, you know, behind that sort of experienced group, as Dan Norcross described them the other week, they've got kindergarten behind that group. And uh, you know, I think uh, I think they're, they're, the next few years are going to be transitional. But with those experienced guys, if they can come in and guide those young players, I think they'll be a force to be reckoned with in five, six years. 
can I just back up what Sam was just saying about um, the big scores at the beginning of the season? Because I've got, um, I, I just, uh, I, I looked at all the centuries today, um, this morning, and uh, there were um, 16 centuries, and uh, I think how many of them were, uh, three of them were double centuries. So, wow. I mean, that's a lot in one round. It'd be a bowler, hey, Sam Cook. <laughs> I can't complain. <laughs> no, you can't, because you had your chance, didn't you? You had a couple of couple of times batting with Sir Alistair, which I believe had never happened before. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Twice. If you'd, if you'd have had money on myself and Chef being batting together at the start of the day and again at the close of the day... Um, I know, it's lovely you'd symmetry, you'd wasn't quite, it? Quite long odds, but <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I missed my chance, unfortunately. I think the, I was pleased to face a few balls in the first innings, but... A bit disappointed in the second, but it, I'll, I'll blame it on the wicket. I said it was a tough wicket to bat on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Moving on. Moving on <laughs> and moving up to another game where there was no double hundred, but there were three centuries and it was a high-ish scoring draw up at Chester Street. Durham 4-8 up top. No Alex Lees for them. A big miss, but Sean Dixon made 120 and who else but Dave Bellingham. 191, so they made 4-2-8, as I said. Leicestershire, 2 7 three, all out. Colin Ackerman made 81. Matty Potts, 6 for 56. Career best figures for him. Made in first-class 100 for Michael Jones when Durham batted again. Dixon, he had a good game, added 84. That left, well, Durham declared overnight. They set 395 for Leicestershire to win. That was never really going to happen. By the time they... Shook hands, 80 overs into the innings. Leicestershire had made 183 for two. Sam Evans was 77, not out, off 254 balls. He batted for five hours. But runs, Sam, in the first innings for Hassan Azad. And he had a brilliant 2019, 1,300-plus runs, 400s, 850s. A little bit harder to come by for the next couple of years. 200 last year, but there were 18 other innings where he just accumulated about 250 runs. But 152 at the back end of the last year, 100 last week in that amazing rear guard effort. Another half century. He's a man back in form, and he's another one you know well, isn't he, from your Loughborough days? Yeah, both him and Sam Evans. I think they're, they're two, two good mates of mine as well that I spent time with at uni. Um, but obviously, speaking about Haas, I think, from when we were together in, in the uni cricket, I think you could just see his his hunger to score runs. He always scored runs in whatever format it was. It was whether it was T twenty, one day, three day, whatever we were playing, he just got a score every time. And he's one of these guys that I think he almost runs his his currency, like you say. He he just has it, you can obviously have players with, with different techniques and players that look good or maybe are easy on the eye, but Hass is one of these guys that when he gets in, he just doesn't get out. He's, again, very mentally strong. Um, and he just loves scoring and runs. So I'm not surprised at all that he's gone and had the career he has from what we saw when we, we were together at uni. He's, um, he's a tenacious batter and, and he just gets stuck in and he, he, he will always make a score. I've got a question and uh, I'm just going to throw this out to our audience as well. Let us know on Twitter at Matters County. Sean Dixon was given out handled the ball a few years ago. Do you remember that, Sam? It's Sam Dalling, you'll remember that. And was he the last man in county cricket to be given out handled the ball? Because the law has changed, hasn't it? It's now obstructing the field. So handling the ball has gone out of the laws now. So was Sean Dixon the last man in county cricket to be given out handled the ball? Yeah, it's one 
for the cricket badges. Hopefully, someone will give us the answer. When you said, "Do you know Sam?" I was really hoping you were going to say Sam Cook, not Sam Dalling. Because I have... well, <laughs> Sam Cook. Do you remember that? I do you remember that? I, I vaguely remember him. Yeah, getting out of handleball, but I, as I said, I can't remember anyone anyone since. I think that's one of those that if it had happened, it had come up in in the dressing room chat at some point. So I, I can't recall uh, uh, anything since since that. Who's the biggest cricket badger in the Essex dressing room? Who'd know that sort of info? One man and one man only. Matt Critchley, I think. He's, he's <laughs> coming and he's, he's right up there with myself. He he is a proper badger. He loves it. But yeah, no, he, he'd know. I'm a, I'll have to give him a call later to find out. <laughs> Brilliant signing. We talked about Adam Rossington last year. And with Tendo retiring, there, there was a, and they're not the same player at all. But there was gap in the middle order that needed to be filled. And Matt Critchley, early days, but he's got the talent to fill it, hasn't he? He's a phenomenal cricketer. Um, I think to have, obviously, Simon Harmer, um, but if you look at sort of the MVP rankings over the last couple of years, there's only been one man behind him and it's been Critch. So to have both those guys in our dressing room um, is just invaluable. He's been phenomenal since he's come in. You can see, obviously, the way he played on debut is just fantastic to get 100 in his first innings for the club was, was phenomenal. And the way he bowled um, on a very, very docile wicket at, at Chelmsford with which wasn't spinning much at all either. So to pick up four wickets there, I think just shows you how valuable a cricketer we've got and, and the depth we've now got. Um, but I think it also brings really good balance to our side, obviously losing Tendo, um, but losing Ravi as well in, in years gone by. We've probably missed that sort of balance of an all-rounder, um, genuine all-rounder in, in our middle order and, he, and he's brought that. So it's been a fantastic signing to the club and he's a brilliant lad as well. He's, he's come in and, and he's fitted in perfectly into the dressing room and he's been brilliant um, obviously with his, his spin bowling obviously him and Harmy are going to be working together it's going to be I'm sure we'll see some very exciting mm. um, spells with those two in tandem this year Promises to be a brilliant season that brings us to the end of the, the roundup of the rounds won't do tables yet because it's still very early but the games come thick and fast Sam you're off to Warwickshire next I mean you talked about the schedule just finally the turnaround as a bowler, how do you handle that? Because you finished, I know you had a couple of days off, but you could be Sunday and then back again on a Thursday. And that's the case for five or six weeks. Yeah, I think, like you said, that is obviously the, the having a shorter finish. It's obviously not just laziness, us wanting an extra day off. It is it's partly for the recovery because it is so thick and fast. If you have an extra day or two off as a bowler, in terms of how you recover it, it's a massive um, it's a massive benefit. Obviously, Warwickshire had a week off as well last week um, going into the game this week. So, obviously, they'll be fresh. So, for us to have some extra recovery time, it, it is obviously going to give us a bit of a, a lift. But the the sports science side of the game and, and the strength and conditioning coaches, I think the, the way we've got more access to resources um, than ever before in, in the counter game. So, as bowlers, we've got our, our recovery and the way we go about it and crazy moon boots and recovery so what you're telling us Sam is you don't just spend the whole time sat on the sofa no uh, sadly yeah. not obviously no <laughs> there is a bit there is a bit more that goes into it I think okay. it's interesting to see how um, how different guys go about sort of the, the in, in a block of this obviously in the run up to the games I think it's, mm. it's quite interesting that uh, someone like Jamie Porter he loves getting a gym session in the day before he feels like that freshens him up better whereas I feel like a light bowl a um, bit of a swim, that sort of stuff puts me in a better frame of mind. So I think there's shows there's a few different ways to to go about it, and mm. and everyone's different. But the, the fact we've got the resources and 
um, more access to, to obviously the, the the sports science side of things. It um, it puts us in in a better shape to 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 fulfil that full sort of heavy fixture card. Well, I like to uh, <laughs> I like to sort of recover from a four day game of cricket, Sam, by going down the pub. But there you go. <laughs> I'm jealous of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've piqued my interest, Sam. Recovery trousers and moon boots. Yeah, yeah. I want to know the moon <laughs> yeah, boots. It's crazy. That's it. It's a yeah, we've we've been using these new um, recovery trousers. Harmy actually <laughs> brought sort of put the physio team in contact with them. At these big long trousers, you plug yourself in, and yeah, all of a sudden your legs come out feeling fresh. So yeah, no, I, 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 that, apart from looking a bit funny, they're they're pretty good. Can you go out and about in them, or is it? Oh no, 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 it's uh, sitting. Uh, plug yourself in for half an hour or so, and on the sofa. That is and the it's part just of the trousers. You can't have recovery arms or, you know. No, no, no. I, I don't know. They might do, but we've only got the trousers. Okay. <laughs> They're not the sort of things you can wear down to Duke's nightclub in Chelmsford, <laughs> if that's still going. I think that's long gone before my time, Duke's nightclub. <laughs> Showing my yeah. age. <laughs> yeah, I think I've, I've heard many stories about it from, from a few older guys down Chelmsford mm. Cricket Club, but yeah, no, never had the pleasure, unfortunately. They probably um, can wear them on their way back when they get back from Duke's nightclub now. <laughs> Um, but probably not to, to the nightclub. But the movies, <laughs> are they sort of heavy or? No, they're just, they're, it's, they're almost like inflatable. Um, I think basically what it does is. Can you take photos? <laughs> I, I, I can do. I'll put some out on Twitter <laughs> tomorrow, maybe when I've got them on. So you can, you can have a look what they look like. That'll be great. Yeah, tag us in, tag us in. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, yeah. look forward to that. Sam Cook's Moon Boots on Twitter. Sam. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us on a bank holiday Monday morning. It's been an absolute delight to have you on. Yeah, you can go and eat your Easter eggs now. No, nah, thank you very much. No, thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers. Thank Brilliant. You. Nice Annie, you. thank you so much for your time this morning. Lovely to speak to you. Lovely to speak to you too. I'm going to eat my Easter eggs now. <laughs> Likewise, Dan. Au revoir, Samuel. <laughs> oh, and thank you to all of you for listening. That's been County Cricket Natters for another week, and we'll be back this time next week. We got some beautiful chats. We got some beautiful stats. And we won't stop talking. We won't give it a rest. And as a matter of fact, it's time to get it off our chests. Cricket, 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 cricket. Sports Social Podcast Network.